How are you all doing? Feeling good. Great to be here yet again. I'm excited to speak to you. Uh, Chris texted me not long ago and said, have fun. I said, it's the wrong person to say that to. I have lots of fun. I can do that well. Um, Mark kicked off the series a couple of weeks ago. There's a blessing part two. And he reminded us that we're in this season of open heaven. And in this open heaven season, we receive a lot more from God, it feels like. And we would expect to have blessings. We shouldn't have so many obstacles. But he said there's a lot of setbacks and a lot of delays. Anyone got those setbacks and delays? But it says those are the very things that are used to bring about the blessing. They're the very things used to bring out the blessing, the good things that God has in store. He taught us to stand firm and wait on the Lord. As we walk in the blessings, I'll take his strap line. As we walk in the blessing of God, we take away the territory of the enemy. That was Mark's word. A week later last week, Chris spoke about faith in the face of fear. Spoke about being bold and courageous, not to withdraw from our challenges, but to push through, pushing through our fears and anxieties to take hold of the promise of God. And it set me up nicely for this week. This week, I want to talk about not just the blessing that's coming, but the blessing you already have. And with the blessing you already have, what do we do with it? I believe the blessing, we can bless others to their salvation. I believe the blessing we have, we can bless others to their salvation. Essentially, I want to draw your attention to the fact that we are supernaturally blessed to do a supernatural work. We are blessed to be a blessing. Father God, I just want to ask you to... Just be here, encourage everybody. Give me the grace to speak clearly. Let it be from you, Lord. Holy Spirit, may you just touch our hearts right now. May we realize the blessing that we already have and that that we want to attain to, but how we can use it to bring about a change to this earth. Remember Sesame Street, huh? (laughs) I say that. I want to ask you guys to watch that in order to say this. Jesus said in in Matthew 4.19, Come to me and I'll make you fishers of men. He spoke to fishermen who were doing their daily job. And he said, come to me and I'll make you fishers of men. But fishers for their souls. Fishers for the lost. Come to me and I will change you. Come and follow me and this new thing that I'm doing. Because there are lost people out there. And I must maybe give you a call like, here, fishy, 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 fishy. I'll give you a talent or gift or blessing to use in order to bring them in. Jesus taught that in the absence of a relationship with God, sin was the issue. And there was this kingdom of darkness which was rising up. And Jesus came and he says, I am here to establish the kingdom of light. And in this kingdom of light, things change. People are fondling over themselves and stumbling in life because they're in darkness. And he says, I have come to bring light. I have come to bring the kingdom of God to heaven to change the atmosphere, to change the way we do things. And he says, I need people like you to come follow me and I'll make you fishes of men. Those who are lost in the darkness, I want to pull them out of the darkness into this wonderful light. He said, he's making a way that all can be saved. That sin, which was a big issue, can be overcome. That he makes a way that we can have relationship with God and even call him Papa, call him Father, this closeness, we can be, uh, know him intimately. And it all changes when that happens. 
At one point, the disciples said to Jesus, teach us how to pray. What was his response? Speak with me. Say it together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Stop. On earth as it is in heaven. His whole mandate was about heaven coming to earth. It was the earth was in a bad state and it's a troubled world. But if we can get heaven to touch earth, this beautiful touching point, this kiss, that happens. Everything changes. And this was his very thing he was here for. He spoke about preaching the the kingdom of God. Repent, for the kingdom of God draws near. It is at hand. And he wanted people like you and me to be a part of that process of putting the kingdom out there. The good word. Hmm. Jesus commanded. And in, in a mandate in Matthew 28, 19, he says, therefore... Go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It was the great commission that he's given us to go there out, go out. Go out. We can't stand still. I am convinced that if he has taught us and he's commanded us to do something, he has therefore equipped us to do just that. I believe he has showered us with supernatural blessings to do a supernatural work for a time like this. He has imputed in us something amazing that we, everyday people, can go out and make a change to our society. We, everyday people, can be used to change something so amazing, do something so beautiful, And that is to bring the lost souls home. It was the commission of God to go out. It was the commission of God not to sit still. It was the commission of God to go therefore into the world, into all different places. (laughs) Preach the gospel. Tell them the good news. A supernatural thing has to take place. We can't save ourselves by might or power, but it must be by his spirit. We try and do it in the kingdom of darkness. People stumble over because it's dark. They can't see what they're doing. They fall over themselves and they're trying to get better on their own. They're trying to do it. uh, uh, 10 steps to get healed. They're trying to work with it. They they hit alcohol because it it, it dampens the the, the problems. Just trying to get by, just trying to do all the the things just to get by. The kids are going crazy in my head. What am I going to do? And just trying to get by. You do what you have to do in the kingdom of darkness. But it says something supernatural needs to take place. The kingdom of heaven and its beautifulness needs to come into their lives and change them as it changed me and as it changed many of you. Hands up if he's changed your life. For those who do not know him, look around the room. He changes lives and he puts people like you and me in front of them. It places a supernatural blessing inside of us that we can pour out to others. Hmm. You know, I'm getting excited, right? We're warming up. We have been blessed, and it's just not for our purposes, and not just for our good living. We have been blessed to bless others. C.S. Lewis says, we are not physical um, beings having a supernatural experience, but rather we are supernatural. We are spiritual beings having a physical experience. 
as spiritual people, we now need something a little bit more, and that is the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes in, he changes us. He empowers us. He gives us all that is needed. I believe he is the greatest blessing. He, not it. Him, my love, my all. Present, ever-present, omnipresent, omnipotent, residing inside of you. He is the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.3 says, we were blessed with every spiritual blessing. It was the same power that raised Christ from the dead resides within us. It is the thing that it gives life to our bones, to our flesh, to our being. But we have been given these gifts, this, this blessing, not just to sit on and just to sit around and say, look, I, I, I've got Holy Spirit. No, it's to say, to go out. So let me spread this word, the gifts that he has given. Yes, we talk about healing, prophecy, and all those nice, lovely things. But it can't be just for us in this place. It is to get the encouraged to go out and speak life to people. It's not just for us. We sit on a reservoir of wealth, but we, we don't want to share it. God is saying we can't. It is a blessing for us, but it's to equip, yes, the church, to build up the individual, but it is to get the, get the lost. I'm going to say get lost. No, get the lost. <laughs> We've got to get the lost. Anything you have been given is more than enough. You see, I believe the Holy Spirit directs us even to the basic things we have, like blessings like time. You say, I haven't got any time. You don't know my week. I think we have the same amount of hours in a day that Martin Luther King had. The same amount of hours in a day that Mother Teresa had. Holy Spirit, would you teach us how to prioritize our time? Because if I prioritize my time properly, I can use my time wisely. That means I can reach out to others because I've made time to do that. It means I can spend a little more time at a coffee conversation with somebody and I don't have to rush off. I can speak life into them in my time. Your finances. Oh, I don't have enough finances. Holy Spirit, give us wisdom how to use our monies, what we have. We get cringy when it's, we talk about things like finances. Mm, not my money. You can't touch my money. But it can be used to bless others. I was spoke at a conference a couple of weeks ago in Portsmouth and had the privilege of meeting one of the directors of a, um, a charity known as Compassion. Go to Compassion? Sponsors children around the world in poverty. And he said to me, you would never understand the need. It is so desperate. Because just, just a little bit of your money, our money, changes everything for them. And I think from afar, we don't see that. We feel that, oh, that, that's over there somewhere. But actually, your little bit of money, your little bit of finances, the little bit of food you give at feed, everything has a big impact in the kingdom of God. Huge. We have this blessing to see from heaven's perspective. When there's a lost and dying world and everything's going crazy and it seems like there's no hope, we have heaven's perspective. It is a blessing. Share the blessing. We have peace that is undescribable. We have joy that is unspeakable. We have provisions given to us. We have positions. Some of you have been raised to high places that can be used. It's a blessing. We have a stable home, some of us. 
has stable homes? Could we open our homes more to people who do not have stable homes? Could we think about fostering, adoption? Could we use the blessing of the stable home that we had to impact somebody else? Clap, it's good. It's a good thing. It's more than just us. We have skills like cooking, singing, I like eating lots, singing, dancing, football, whatever it may be, you could use the blessings you've been given to impact someone else. If you're able to play football really well, how about you spend some time and impact someone younger than you who really wants to aspire to be a great footballer? But in so doing that, you may have an influence on his life. You gauge conversations about salvation, you gauge conversations about life, and something in him changes because you spend a little bit of time, a little bit of money, a little bit of your skill. It wasn't just about you and your performance, but you thought outside the box and brought them into your world. I think when it comes to blessings, two big factors come to my mind is one, we withhold the blessing. We keep it for ourselves, and we don't like to share it. And it's like water going into one area and it ponds because there's no outlet. And what happens to pond water? It becomes stagnant. Fat, stagnant, sitting around, doing nothing sitting around doing nothing, just waiting for heaven to come. I'll have this, is mine. You're not touching it. Oh, God is good, but he's mine. I don't need to share it. Sitting around with the wealth that you have created or been blessed with and, and the talents and gifts you have, but you're too shy to use them. The blessings that you have weren't just for you. They were to be given, to be poured out. If we stay in stagnancy, it begins to smell. There needs to be an outlet, because if you put the outlet out, more water can come in. And then you've got life coming. You give it away, more comes in. And that's how it should be. Not just holding on to that gift I've got, that blessing I've got. No, 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 give it away. Give it away and more will come in. I'll give you another analogy. Everyone likes sweets. Who likes wine gums? But some of you just heard wine there. <laughs> I like wine. Do it. Still like this is a good analogy. This is how I, I learn by seeing examples. Okay, so God gives you a blessing. That's yours. Louis, do what you have to do with it? Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Mm, this is good. This is good. And Lord's like saying, What you got in your hand, Louis? Oh, it's my blessing, Lord. Just holding on to it. Oh, I don't want to lose it. Oh, I don't want to drop it. Just, just want to keep hold of it just in case anything happens to it. Ooh, I'm blessed. You've got it in your hand. What he's saying, though, is that you're clenching your, your blessing and you can't share it. You can't get any more. Because you're like this. Tight-fisted. He says, well, they're hard to eat, aren't they? Why don't you try and give it away, Louis? Give it away. So you open your hand and it is out and it goes. But guess what happens? More comes. Because you, your hand is open to receive. It's not tight-fisted. And with the blessings that we have, and may Holy Spirit reveal to you very clearly what they are. Because you all have them. Yes, we're striving for more and we're going to get more. Praise God. But we already have blessings. The things that we have, can we share them? 
Don't worry, you won't go out. He's a good, good father, yes? The second issue I think we face is that then if we are going to give out, who do we give to? There's so much need here and so much need over there. Where should I allocate my time? What should I do? Do I just give to people who look like me? Or have the V vineyard sign? Do I give to people who are less fortunate only? Hold on, what about the fortunate? They need to be given too. We have these things, those are two big factors in my head. And when I was praying and, uh, about this message in particular, about being blessed to be a blessing, and these two factors that were, were pondering in my head, God gave me the, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. So I want to I dwell in there. I think we can, we can learn a lot from the parable. A lawyer came up to Jesus and said, Jesus, how do I inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, uh, what's your interpretation of the scripture? You, you, you tell me. In, in Luke 10, 27, he says, well, to love your God uh, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength, and, uh, and, and, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And he's like, ah, did I get it right? And Jesus is like, yeah, you've answered correctly. Jesus is like, go and do this, and you will live. Why love? All the commandments from the past, when you look at the Ten Commandments, the first half are about loving God. The second half are about loving people. Can I propose that as you begin to love God and know God intimately, you are able to bring God's love to your neighbors? If you love God first, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, you change. Heather, come up for a second. Come up, folks. Come on, 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 come on. Give her a round of applause because it's, it's not nice. Hold on. I know you hate me. It's good. <laughs> if I'm close to Heather, she can smell my sweat, my perfume, if or cologne or whatever it is, or my breath or whatever, because we're in close proximity, yeah. If I'm angry and I'm swinging around the place and getting upset and I come into contact, I could, you'd be affected by that because we're close and I'm angry. But it, if I'm in love, if I'm loved, you're going to get a hug because that's a part of me. Thanks, Heather. That's what I need from you. Thank you. But if, if in fact we draw closer to God, he says he draws close to us. And when we get deep with God, this is why we get emotional, and he starts to change us and his love starts pouring out on us. His love starts to transform us. His love just starts to uh, blow our minds. And it's not about where you, you've fallen down. He's more like, I just want to pick you up. When he starts to pour his love into us, my good friend, we can then pour our love into our neighbors, his love into our neighbors, because we have drawn closer to him. Love is a great blessing. His love is an amazing blessing. I was on, a, on the bus the other day um, in South London. Uh, I was on a job, and I don't like buses. I don't want to be on them, that's the truth, okay? I got on, and if you've been on the London bus, you walk in, and you can't sit on the right because that's for the elderly. Any further than that is for pushchairs and prams and things like that, so I couldn't do that either. Couldn't stand there. There was a seat right at the back, and as the bus is beginning to go, I'm like... I'm heading towards the back anyway, but there was one little seat there. 
And that little seat, I think I'm not going to fit into that. There was this big guy. I mean, he's got his headphones on. He's like this. He, he just looks angry with life. And I'm like, oh, why? I don't want to sit next to him. I just don't want to do it. But I sat down. So there's me. I don't want to disturb him. So I'm trying to squeeze my little self in there. And I, and I sit down. He's like, okay. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was sitting there and he moved up eventually. And you know what? I, I only had a couple of stops on the bus. And I said, all right. What's going on here? All of a sudden, something rose up inside me. I got excited. And everyone who knows me, I just make funny noises anyway. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. I was like, what's going on? Matrix moment. It's like, yeah, no. Literally, something happened. I was like, I was like, oh man, this feels so good. I was like, thank I was like, oh, praise God. I was like, oh gosh, I'm on a bus. Okay, cool. So I just sat there, and then God just told me, tell him that I love him. I was like, oh no. Hmm. Mm. Not, not the one with the headphones. This guy's all right. Uh, he's cool. I can deal with that. But uh, just tell him I love him. I was like, okay. His leg is massive. He, I mean, his leg is so big. He's a strong guy. I was like, okay, let's do this. So I was chickened out a little bit because I waited till my stop was coming up. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, cool. I was like, <sighs> he looked at me. I was like, okay. Um, I just want you to know God loves you. And he goes, thank you so much. And I run, off the, I run off the bus. And, 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 and as, as the bus drove off, I was standing there, he was looking back like this. What's this? And you could just see him going, yeah, so yeah, God, God loves you. <laughs> yeah. But I say that to say this, I poured that out. As soon as I'd done that, I was electrified with his love. I was replenished straight away. I had to go and tell someone else. I felt so good. But I'm just saying this, as we poured out something we had, I, I had, which was his love, his blessing. At that moment, I just gave it to him and said, it's for you too. I was invigorated. As you pour it out, he pours back in. I think we are supernaturally blessed to demonstrate his love and bring about change to this society, to bring about salvation to people. I don't know if he's going to get saved, but there was a, a seed planted in that action, Yes. Blessing others is an act of love. Back to the story. The lawyer who was approached Jesus, um, he says, the scripture says, he had to justify himself. Which suggest, is there any lawyers in here? No lawyers? He had to justify himself. And it was suggest that maybe he wasn't doing what he should have been doing, what he knew to do, which was to love his neighbor. He turns around and he says, then Jesus, who is my neighbor then? I think he was looking for a loophole. He was looking for a loophole. But there's no loopholes in love, Jesus was trying to say. And he didn't answer him directly, but Jesus gave a parable. And we're at, we'll do this together. We won't read it. We'll, we'll, I'll try and bring it life to you. He, he says, there was a certain man walking from Jericho down to Jerusalem. And on that journey... Robbers came along, beat the guy up, stripped him of his clothes, and left him half dead. He was struggling. He was all alone, taking all the goods from him, his whole life, just there. But, he says, this Levite was walking down the street. A Levite deals with all the priestly duties in, in the temple. It's really important. He's like, you and me, those who know Jesus... And he walks down the road and he sees the guy and he angles, the scripture says, away from him. And he crosses the road and he says, I 
don't know, I can't deal with that right now. My head's not in the right place. I, 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 I've, I've, I've got to get to church. I've, I've got to go to church. Forgive me, I've, I, I can't deal with you right now. I, I've got to keep walking on. I, 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 I don't know. Sorry. And then, and then someone else comes. It's a priest. He's also a Levite. But he's been, praised, he's been placed to a, a higher duty, if you wish, within the temple. Really important works. Sometimes we could call them leaders. Leader walks down. Oh, oh. I'm too busy. Maybe, maybe the, the, the priest thought, if I get involved with this, the robbers may come after me. If I get in there, I may get too dirty. If I get involved with these people's lives, something may happen. So I walk past. I'm too busy doing a work. I, I can't do that right now. That Jesus says, but there was a Samaritan. Now the whole crowd who were listening to the story would have cringed at that. A Samaritan. They're hated by everybody. A Samaritan walks down. He's in trouble. Oh my goodness. And he, and he helps him and he, and he pours wine on him and, and, and that's the healing agent and, and, and oil and says, get up, get up, come on, I want to help you. And he puts him around his shoulder and, and he says, come on, keep going, come on, we, we can do this, I'm, I'm going to look after you. And he bandages him up and he puts him on his donkey because and, and, they didn't have cars back then. And, 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 and he put him on his donkey and he says, come on, I'm giving you my provisions, I'm going to help you out. And he takes him to an inn and in the inn, he doesn't just leave him there, he says, it says the scripture says he spends all night there. He gives his time. He gives what he has. He says, look, I just want him well. I don't know him, but it's not right to leave him there. So, so bless him. And he goes, I know I've got something to do myself, so I have to go now. I've, I, I can't spend too long here. I have to put boundaries in place. But let me leave you some money, innkeeper. Look after him. Give him all that he needs. I'm going to go. I'm going to come back. If he needs any more, put it on my account. I'll pay for it. But I have to go. He, that good Samaritan, given all that he had in order to bless somebody else. Jesus was like, which of the three was his neighbor? And he goes, the one who showed mercy, the one who showed compassion, the one that blessed him. And that is us. We have all the people around us, our neighbors, my friends and family, are those who are in need. Our neighbors are those who are lost. Our neighbors are to the left and to the right of you. They are far away from you. Your neighbors are people who look different to you, have a different social setting. The neighbors are everybody around you who is in need, who is lost, who needs Jesus. Jesus says, we must go. We must go and get them. They're trying to do things on their own. They can't do it. Can I have the worship team up, please? They can't do it on their own. Can I suggest this to you? That you use what's in your hand to do what's on God's heart. Use the blessings that have been given you to do what's on God's heart. I believe it's salvation at whatever the cost. Bring about life. People are trying to do it on their own and they won't be able to do it on their own. But Jesus is the one. When he empowers you, he will give you the word to give in due season. He will change everything about them. Do you believe that? He says in scripture that we are blessed in the city. 
because people need to be blessed in the city and that we're blessed in the field because people in the field need to be blessed. He says, you're blessed when you go out, you're blessed when you come in, you're blessed, everything is blessed about you. What you put your hand to, it turns to gold. It changes because the blessing of your life is from him. And the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and it adds no sorrow. For those who are trying to do it on their own accord, trying to cheat their way to the chop, you feel bad after a while, but the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and it adds no sorrow to it. Come on, it's important. Know who you are. Remember you're blessed to be a blessing, guys. I wanna finish with this. Until you understand that you are blessed to be a blessing and to whom much is given, much is required, you will never comprehend why your commitment to do what is right must take precedence over what you prefer. Yes. 